Good evening, Legion, and welcome to the third annual Slow Motion Triple Feature Shocktober Spookstravaganza. <laughs> As you know, we are a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks, and each month a different friend selects a different triple feature for their other friends to enjoy and discuss. And every October, we get a little spooky with it. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. This morning, we're discussing uh, 1990, maybe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 1990s, The Exorcist 3, written and directed by William Peter Blatty, based on his novel, Legion, I believe. Yep. Oh, yeah. And starring uh, George C. Scott, Brad Dorif, uh, really quite a cast on this one, I thought. Jason Miller. Uh, Some interest. Yeah, Jason Miller. Some interesting cameos, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm sure we will get into. Mike, that uh, was one of your going, well. First, that was one of your best intros ever. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was really good. What's uh, what made it uh, extra good? Just you had you you had a, a I don't know you were like <clears throat> you had a little bit of zhuzh, you know you were you, okay. you were giving it a little extra something. Um, All right, well, cool. Yeah, it's it's shocktober. It just mm. it's I think I'm that's like a what kid it in is. Candy store. It is. <laughs> uh, speaking of shocktober, um, how's your shocktober going? My Shocktober is going very well. Well, Shocktober is going pretty good. It's, uh, let's see what we got. How's your Shocktober going? Oh. What have you been watching? Oh, it's going absolutely great. One of the best Shocktobers in years. Um, Really? What's, discoveries or rewatches? Um, a lot of rewatches. Um, and, but just, like, the, the amount of things I'm watching is, like, it's very, it's very good. It's, like, every day, you know? There, I'm, I, I watched, um... We had a bunch of people over, and we we uh, I did a rewatch of um, David F. Sandberg's uh, Lights Out. Which oh yeah, that's a really good one. Twenty sixteen, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the the script is like not super great, and the characters are kind of like whatever. But like the the visual idea is amazing. It's so good, mm-hmm. uh, and we were so like we would all be making fun of it. And then as soon as the scary parts would happen, were happening, everybody was scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was, like, really, honestly, like, a very, like, powerful <laughs> effect. The fact that, yeah. like, your movie is not super great, but your ability to scare the shit out of me remains. Which I, th- I think, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's a very high compliment for a not great movie. But anyway, I like that one. I think that one's going to stay on the rotation. Like, not in every year, but maybe, like, mm-hmm. every two to three years. I think I got to rewatch that one. Um, yeah, that's a fun one. And then we went and saw Smile with Kit's sister uh, oh, yeah. on Friday. And uh, that was okay. It was fun. It was. It scared. It scared the poop out of me in a couple in a couple places. Um, yeah. I would say it's it's like another. It follows or a the ring kind of situation. Um, really? Okay. But but not, I hadn't not, really heard anything about it. People see that's the thing is like I saw the trailer and thought that looks dumb. Yeah. Um, and then I just heard like very very high praise and it's also doing pretty well. Um, and the marketing was really spooky. Yeah. Well, I th- I, yeah. I, I I thought it was kind of. Sp- I didn't like that. That was spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That um, baseball stuff. The baseball. Uh, what was that? I don't know about that. I thought you meant they the trailer. had. They had people at baseball games, like in the crowd. Oh really? Just like. That is smiling. creepy. Okay, that's great. <laughs> That's great. It's really I didn't hear. Like <laughs> it, but it that. did awesome. a good job. They hired they hired one guy to stand outside Kit's window for a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I did grassroots. I I did I thought it was fine, but it had some good scares and totally okay. serviceable. Um, definitely a fun time at the movies. Um, we've been watching Mike Flanagan's new show, uh, The Midnight Club, <laughs> which is kind of like a um, it's sort of like a a YA ish kind of anthology show uh, about um a a group of uh terminally ill cancer um kids in a hospice um who like tell each other scary stories basically and it's like kind of like a coping mechanism anyway it's interesting um huh, okay it's not super scary but uh it's it's a good way to like watch something spooky at night without like right before i go to sleep without scaring the shit out of myself yeah um we re- i rewatched the original fright night this week uh nice. which is great man what a great movie yeah, um, that one's really grown on me. I think like when I rented it as a kid, I don't know if I found it slow or if it just didn't re- really click. But then I, I rewatched it two or three times since see, then, and every time I watch it, it's just I like it more. I think that movie moves at a breakneck pace. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, I don't know why it didn't click with me the first time. But yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's weird in that in that in that like '80s movie way where it's like yeah. they're high schoolers, but also like a 45 year old man is trying to fuck a 16 year old girl. Um, <laughs> And it's like totally fine. Some things never change. <laughs> it's true. And uh, oh, then I wa- I rewatched the uh, 2013 Evil Dead remake, which is okay. Great, man. Really I good. Lo- <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. It's so intensely violent in a way yeah. that. So in 2013, when I went to the Red Tour, the Taylor Swift concert yeah. by myself, this is when I was just, you know, way uh head over heels in love with taylor swift uh-huh. i went on a friday night and uh i like was just like on cloud nine like all weekend and then sunday evening i watched i had rented evil dead from the library so sunday evening i think that was 2013 i popped it in you were trying to come down watched, basically well i came down very quickly like like all weekend i was just like i just feel really like peaceful and like happy and just you know <laughs> and, and then i watched that and i was like holy shit like i loved the movie but it's just like boy that that uh yeah. killed that buzz. <laughs> it's uh it's a very it's a very rare um you know remake of a horror classic that is 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 different but also definitely feels like an Evil Dead movie to me. Um yeah. and completely stands on its own. So like I could Something uh something fun about that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh if you take the first letter of the first name of the main five characters, it spells demon. Ooh. Um, yeah, little easter egg. That's kind of spooky. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have I watched? Uh, oh, we watched Hocus Pocus last night. The new one or the old, the old one? one. Oh, okay, how uh, holds up? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Lo- I, I guess, feel yeah, like I, it, gonna... I feel like it. It looks more and more like a TV movie every year in the best way. Like as a yeah. kid, you know, like the first time I watched it, it's just like, oh, it's a movie. And now it's just like I'm you notice more like a, a new thing I noticed was <laughs> when they're in the Ford Explorer, the teenagers, the only time you see them actually like the not even them driving, but like when the car yeah, is driving it like swerves. No, 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 no. It it's like you, you know, if you're like in a horror movie and you're driving and you're going to the place where you have to do the thing that stops the evil. Mm hmm. If you're driving up to the camera, you're going to skid to a stop, right? But in this movie, 
they're on a soundstage, so they drive real, and it's a you know a Disney a cheap Disney movie, so they drive like three miles an hour and just like scoot up to the camera, just no urgency whatsoever. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, but what? I liked Hocus Pocus too. You liked it. I did like it. Okay, cool. I was gonna ask if you had watched it. We haven't watched it yet. Denise it, is gonna watch it with all her friends this morning, so we'll see. Oh. It really. Um, I was very because you know I was like I didn't kind of didn't even want to watch it. Yeah, I'm just like because Hocus Pocus is just like this perfect thing, and I was like, there's no fucking way this is anything but a cash grab. <clears throat> and then I was like, nope, this it, like I think I said if you think of it as like a special, like a reunion special, like an old timey, like you know the Star Wars holiday. I know that's like notoriously bad, but like something <laughs> more along those lines than a movie. Yeah. Then it's like pretty cute and fun right and like, the, uh, the beginning is the best part okay so just fun for getting the gang back together kind of a thing yeah and it's like okay yeah, yeah there's like there are jokes that are i mean there's terrible stupid corny shit too but like those that movie's very corny yeah for sure and yeah. it's like there's there were certain jokes where i'm like this is exactly the right tone of humor yeah like as you know to like match the first movie and like the characters are still really fun and then like i said like the beginning the opening scene is just great <laughs> like i'm excited and if you watch yeah, it you'll, you'll see why i'm super excited I, uh, i'm not the biggest fan of the first i've come to like it more mm -hmm. just as it's become kind of a staple um but as somebody who was a virgin for so long that movie was just always really scary to mm -hmm. me um so <laughs> It's, you know, it's very funny. Two other <clears throat> observations I had. One is about the virginity stuff. Just, like, mm -hmm. because it's such a, like, Disney TV-ish movie, I feel like. It, like, the, the, the virginity stuff is kind of almost something to be exalted. Like, he, he never really reacts. No, he's not embarrassed at all. Yeah, he's, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, like... He doesn't say like, yeah, that's right. I'm a virgin, and I think that's kinda, cool. He almost does. <laughs> I agree. He's like literally, I agree. He's literally in front of like the girl of his dreams. Yeah. And like his little sister is like, or someone says like, a virgin needs to light the candle, and he's immediately like, oh, let's light the candle. Like he's <laughs> right. flirting on that. <laughs> he's just like, I am completely pure for you, baby. Uh, <laughs> very funny. And then uh, my other thing, not not related really, other than it's in the movie, is like right after that, like their return. It's just like you could see the places where it's just like, oh yeah, we have no money for that. Like we're gonna blow up this guy's bedroom later, and that's gonna look awesome. So this mm -hmm. can't be anything. So like when the Sanderson sisters return, it's just like the door opens and they walk in, mm -hmm. and I find that very like not like a poof of smoke or them coming out of the cauldron. Mm -hmm. Just the the most like obvious things in a movie where it's okay to do the most obvious things, and they do the thing where it's just like the door opens and they walk in, and I think that's <laughs> well. Very it's funny because like where did, I guess did they resurrect? Like where did they resurrect? Are they bare? They're not bare. Like are they? We don't know because we don't we don't know where they're. We have no idea in their backyard. Yeah, <laughs> they, literally they must have just been sitting on the front porch. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was great. What about what about you, Mike? What I, that's what I I think the listeners yeah, are dying well, to know what you've been watching. Did Kit have any other Shocktober stuff? That no, I probably I watched some like stuff? autumnal uh, Hallmark movies. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I've been yeah no. 
Okay. Well, it's, you know, I'll just focus too. But, but, but we, oh, well, we've been watching Outrageous Pumpkins. What's that? That's a Food Network show where people carve outrageous pumpkins. Okay. And then we've been watching Halloween Wars, which is a Food Network show where they make big spooky scenes. Wait, um, can we edit in a joke? Yeah. So say we've been watching Outrageous <clears throat> Pumpkins. We've been watching Outrageous Pumpkins. Is that the show hosted by Dolly Parton? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of somebody with big boobs. And Nicole Smith and, is dead, so. And then <laughs> on Watcher, the Unsolved Boys have launched a new ghost hunting show that's very good. And also the, does. Hmm? That's the BuzzFeed guys that you. Yeah, some, they yeah, have okay. their own network now and they just cool. finally released their own their own version of the show they were doing on buzzfeed and it's like Mm. it's really good it's really funny and it does occasionally like scare me so much that i have to stop watching it and like resume later cool let's check that out i like the uh handful of unsolved i guess is what the first episode yeah the first episode it's called um ghost files now and the first (laughs) episode is the is really good and it it was scaring me too much that I was like it was like nighttime and Lee and I were watching it together and I was like we need to resume tomorrow morning I think when the lights are on when uh, mm-hmm. the sun's out and what about you Mike what do you well got? since we all want to know my uh Shocktober it's been a little slower than last year where I was watching at least one or two movies a day um but I have managed to see The Dentist uh since last we talked which is a Brian Yesna and Stuart Gordon scripted I think um uh like direct to video 90s horror movie really not very good but just very very fun to watch because it was like watching a 90s straight to video movie mm-hmm. uh it's about a it's about a maniacal dentist who kind of loses it. it's it's a weird blend of like a horror movie and an erotic thriller um like it just has the feel of both uh i watched uh, night of the demons the old 80s movie there i guess i think it's been remade uh and i liked it pretty well i'm also trying to burn through all of the halloween Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movies in chronological order of when they came out in theaters, like all blended together. Mm-hmm. And I'm only on, I just finished Friday the 13th part three this week, uh, which is my what mm, second least favorite Friday the 13th movie. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's fun to have a project. And then I watched The Exorcist 2 uh, before we watched The Exorcist 3. And have you ever seen, have either of you seen The Exorcist 2? I've seen, I have not seen it in its entirety. I know that it okay. is, I know that it is regarded as like one of the worst things ever. It was very, very interesting. There okay. are a handful of things in it that worked okay. like surprisingly well, but at, on the whole, it's a terrible sequel to The Exorcist. Like yeah. it is a really, like, if you go in thinking like that this will be even a decent sequel to The Exorcist, you will be just extremely disappointed um it's not a but, jaws uh, to psycho 2 situation where you have people who are right. just like no, no no this there's something here no no it's well okay so that's the thing there's there's a handful of things here and there throughout the movie and it's also like i guess it was it must have been very big budget so there's it's very uh in moments it's a very beautiful movie like very high production kind of movie uh but that's the story is just terrible and the cast is really good and actually linda blair is in it she's i think I don't know if she's 17 or 18 in the movie, but uh, she looks like gorgeous and she's actually really, really good. Like uh, her performance is really good. So which, it, you know, it came she's really out good in the first like one. five or six years later. 
I think so. Yeah. Uh, so what did I, oh, I don't have the what year it came out okay. here, but I think, yeah, I think, yeah. Exorcist was 73. Five. Okay. Exorcist, Exorcist 2 was like 77. 77. 77. Okay. Yeah, four years. Um, but tracks. anyways, she was really good and that was a pleasant surprise, but it was just unfortunate because you had like great cast, great production, like even really good direction. Like it's John Borman who granted he did Zardoz, but he also did, you know, hope and glory and yeah. uh, stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a real big mess, but it's, it's, it, it's, I think if you are ever in the mood for like a curiosity, like kit, like you might, you know, you mm-hmm. like to watch movies that are like messes like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting. And it was actually, it made Exorcist 3 probably quite a bit better in my mind. <laughs> uh, like, I think if I just jumped from The Exorcist to Exorcist 3, like, I would have. Yeah, anyways, well, let's let's get into The Exorcist 3. Um, okay. Enough, enough uh, chit-chat. What is, let's, I kind of wanted to start with, uh, like, what's our history with The Exorcist movies? Like, sure. is it one of our, is the first one of our favorites? So, yeah. who wants to, to take it? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I've seen The Exorcist a handful of times. Um, I really like it. It's not one of my favorite horror movies. It's not like a perennial at all for me. I I I've seen it three or four times. I think the first time I saw it was in film school. Um, so it just yeah. Oh no, that's not true. I watched it when I was in high school, like during my like when I because I lived within walking distance of a blockbuster, so I would. And couldn't mm-hmm. you know couldn't drive, so I would go to the movie store a lot. So I did I did see it in high school. Anyway, um, I yeah I I think it's good. I think the production is cool. Like there's that I like I like I liked um, watching like behind the scenes featurettes and reading about how they made The Exorcist probably more than I actually like The Exorcist. But it's a mm-hmm. really pretty movie, and it's 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 very I don't know. It's kind of arty in a fun in a in a way that I don't know, um, you know, many horror movies about demon possession to be. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I like The Exorcist and I think it's 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 a good movie. And then, so we I guess you said you've seen bits of Exorcist too. Yeah, then you and had then, so seen... yeah, so I'd seen Exorcist two on TV, parts of it, you know, and I I I. I, and then and then only ever read bad things the nicest thing anybody's ever said was the stuff you said um okay. so uh yeah i've never had any desire to watch it and then in college when i you know got a little bit deeper into like finding you know movies that people had kind of disregarded or movies that were kind of forgotten um i it was recommended to me to watch the exorcist 3 um and i did and um i was i thought it was i i was like oh this is kind of interesting this is definitely better than the exorcist 2 and also just kind of a weird movie and then also just like reading about like the production behind it um it's it was it was kind of a troubled thing uh which mm-hmm. i think you i think makes its way into the movie i think you can kind of tell um but I think there's some very cool things um, about it. Also, I think it's interesting that it's directed by an author, um, yeah. the author of the first one. So, yeah, he he wrote this as a book that came out in 1983 and was super successful and then tried for, like, a 
long time to get the movie made with like big directors, including William Friedkin and John Carpenter, mm -hmm. who were both like attached at one point and then ultimately just did it himself. And I think, I think considering that, I think, I don't know. I think about other authors who've directed movies and it's just like usually not super great. I think of like Maximum Overdrive or, um, <laughs> I don't know, Clive or uh, Clive Barker directed something. I can't remember what. Um, uh, Night did he direct Nightbreed? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I kind of like Nightbreed, but I know what you mean. Yeah, um, it just feels like it feels. I think there are situations where it's like, oh, somebody was able to direct a movie because of their name and not yeah. because they actually have directorial ability. Um, and I'm not saying that William... I've seen... William Peter Blady ha has directed other things. He directed... Uh, oh, God, what is it called? Ninth Configuration. That's it. Yeah. And um, and there's, again, some interesting stuff in that. But boy, is that movie a snooze. Um, yeah. That movie, I was so excited to see it. Just based on, like, the premise and, like, the cat... Like, Stacey Keach is in it. And, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was... It it's was so boring. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I thought this was better than that, but it's, yeah, yeah, there's just, there's, 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 there's people who, who get to make movies and you're like, and it's, it's like, I don't think they do that anymore. Like, I don't think, I don't think we really get, I think, I mean, there are sure plenty of directors who you could argue don't know how to make a movie, but like, like re most recently in movies, I'd been hearing about, they've been trying to make a spawn movie for like 20 years and they were mm -hmm. talking about Todd McFar like Todd McFarlane, the guy who the creator of Spawn, he's a comic book writer, has been saying, I'm going to direct Spawn for like five years. And so that just meant to everybody that no one's going to make a Spawn movie. <laughs> um, but like the last time I remember somebody who's not, definitely not a film director making a movie would be like when Frank Miller directed uh, oh, yeah. The Spirit in like 2009 or 10 or whatever. And it's like... yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And and you know he's doing that because, you know, the reason the studio is giving him that is because, oh, he wrote Sin City and Robert mm -hmm. Rodriguez, gave, like, f forced him onto the ticket, basically. So, anyway, yeah. I know. Long way around here. It's just, it's it's an oddity to me and not a super terrible one, in my opinion. Yeah. Kit, uh, where, do you, where are you at with all the Exorcist franchise stuff? Well, I guess I sh we should say that The Exorcist is the reason this podcast exists. Um, That's true. Because we the were very one. upset that uh, it was not on the like AFI list of greatest of a hundred greatest movies. Um, the usually, you know, I'm not like a big horror person, just mostly because like I can't be, not because I have anything against the genre but it's just too scary for me usually but um i like if I, the exorcist is always like i would say the first movie i name of like horror that i do like it's still not like necessarily like i wouldn't go oh let's put on the exorcist because like it's <laughs> it's genuinely like disturbing to me but like it looks really pretty and i love ellen burston and like it's just um it's just it's like a really 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 great movie um so i've seen it like a few times um and exorcist 2 i've never seen and i didn't i guess i knew that there were more how many exorcists are there 
Is this the last? This isn't the last one. No, there's five, I think. Yeah, and then there's a series, a TV. So series. there's there's the there's these three, and then there are two, um, prequels that were made out of the same footage. But basically, the studio basically Paul Schrader was making a prequel to The Exorcist, and then the studio and they the studio took it. Gave it to Rennie Harlan, who made another movie. Whoa. <laughs> and then they ended up releasing the first one anyway. So there's, there's, I can't, one's called Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. And then the other one is called something else. And I don't know which is which. And I have seen neither. But I remember right. that being one of the weirdest movie stories I've ever heard. Like you take a movie away from a director, give it to, another guy make another movie and then go back and say let's also release this one <laughs> so apparently they're wildly different i do i yeah. have i have some like intent in my brain somewhere to like check those out at some point um just like as a homework thing but yeah and then there's a tv show yeah which i know nothing about <sighs> yes no yeah and so i guess i have seen the first one several times although i learned in looking at the wikipedias and stuff recently like i guess i've only ever seen a different cut than the theatrical cut because i first i think i first saw the exorcist when it came out as like the version you've never seen i think in like 2000 or 2001 oh yeah um and so that was like william peter blatty's uh preferred cut of the film so friedkin prefers the original theatrical version which i don't think i've ever seen and it's not like I guess it's not on Blu-ray, so maybe it came out on DVD and VHS at some point. Or I, I guess, guess surely maybe it came out on maybe VHS. I've never seen it either. Then yeah, so I've seen I the version the you've never seen like two or three times, I guess. Um, and I do like The Exorcist. It's never been at the top of my list for favorite horror movies. Obviously, I uh, love horror. Uh, you know, yeah. all that. Uh, it's 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 nice because it is like a huge it's like a big budget very classy kind of thing i certainly prefer the exorcist to like rosemary's baby which is another classy horror movie that i've just never really liked that much uh but the exorcist is one that like it did scare me i do like it but i think because it's almost like there's genuinely disturbing shit in it i think it is it's it, well it's messed up but it's like it, i think it's because it's actually like fairly serious subject matter that i don't mm-hmm. throw it on the same way that i throw on right. like friday the 13th part sure. five so yeah, it's like I do like it, it, but it's more to me. It's more like a movie like, um, I mean, it really like Casablanca or something, where it's like yes, like that's a very very good movie. But yeah. like I said, you don't throw it on just casually. So I haven't seen it as much as I've seen much trashier stuff. But at the same time, like The Shining, which I think I kind of think of like The Exorcist. Well, I guess so. Rosemary's Baby came out first, then The Exorcist, then The Shining. Yeah, I think of those as like the pinnacle of like studio, like big budget studio. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Horror. Yeah. And so it's like, but The Shining, I will watch that movie any day of the week. Like, yeah, you know, I've seen that movie dozens of times, probably at this point. The so Shining is a much um, easier watch. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, and I like it more. Like I do. I do like The Shining um, more than this one. But but yeah, I really like The Exorcist. I wanted to try to rewatch it. Uh, but between watching Exorcist 2 and then this, uh, I didn't get time just before we recorded. But I think I might since I've watched both of them this week, I might try to watch. I found like a, re- a fan edit restored version of the um, theatrical cut. So I might try to watch that this week. Yeah, I'm uh, curious. I, I'd like to know. But, I don't even know I, the, what the difference is. 
it's shorter and so like there's well that's like, always yeah nice. there's lists online of like here's the differences and everything um and so i'd be curious to see it um because i'm not sure if i ever have other than that i have not seen the two prequels that andrew was talking about i've heard like ebert actually really built up the paul schrader one yeah um i hear he that's that the better really one. good i do hear that's yeah. the better one which you know what a shocker <laughs> i like yeah. rennie harlan but but still um uh and then yeah i have not watched the series although i was curious about the series because i kind of feel like um i don't know if they did it in the seven like if it's set in the 70s or if it's set now but i feel like a show about an exorcist could be like cool depending on how it's handled oh i agree yeah like that seems like it actually would be like and they did that with uh I guess after The Walking Dead, I feel like a, a handful of horror TV shows kind of came. Like, there's the American Horror Story, which is kind of an anthology. Um, and some of them sound interesting. I just never get to them. But then The Exorcist was one that was kind of like, I would watch it if I knew where to watch it. Like, I don't know if it's like on, um, like, Peacock Streamer thing or what. I don't know what it, where it is. So, real um, real quick on, on yeah. the Exorcist uh, prequels. Okay. Um, the just for the audience, Dominion prequel to The Exorcist is the Paul Schrader version. It has twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and huh. Exorcist: The Beginning is the Rennie Harlan version has ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's what's we- this is the weirdest part to me. They're both one hour and fifty four minutes long. Weird. Ooh. I think that's spooky. That is strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, I mean, since we're talking about that, I mean, we're, we watched the theatrical cut of The Exorcist 3, but yes. there does exist a extended cut that Blatty put together. Yes. And then for The Exorcist, there's two cuts of that. And then for The Exorcist 2, there's two cuts of that. So it's like... Hashtag people, too many cuts. Yes. They just can't make up their minds with this uh, It's franchise. probably the devil. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say. There is a, cursed. So I think... I think I understand why. So Blatty is very, um, he is an indecisive guy. Um, He kind apparently famously will tinker and rewrite like all walk through production in a way that I think, I think you can tell personally. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't I think I think I understand why. Also I know that there were things in the theatrical cut of Exorcist 3 that um were kind of forced upon him. Um and so I know like for instance the book Legion is a sequel to the Exorcist book um but it has no exorcisms in it. Um, okay. <laughs> which is funny um so kit, kit is reacting for the uh, that, viewers at home i got something to say about that okay okay go for it i i it, it involves i have to say like what i thought of the movie in order to get into it but like okay that's why we're here that that <laughs> is my biggest problem with this movie it was i was so like because nothing x in my opinion Nothing exorcist e yeah happens for like an hour of the movie. Oh, for yeah. sure. Like, um, there's all of this, but I found it really engaging. It's a it's an extremely strange movie. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about like I have so many questions about what the fuck is going on here, <laughs> but like, 
I was enjoying it. I was like, I'm engaged in this story of even the fact that it's kind of a very tenuous. Like, I think all the shots of like stairs are like lame. It's like because like the honestly, like the point of the exorcist was not like stairs or very spooky. Um, But like just this guy who experienced this thing, you know, a decade ago, having to go forward with his life as a cop. And, like, deal with his grief over all of these things he's witnessed. It was, like, and the idea that something might happen that he, in you know, or in his ordinary cop life that would make him wonder, like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, now is he, like, every time something, like, murder, some kind of murder happens, is he, like, well, maybe this is another fucking, mm-hmm. you know, possession or whatever. And... I thought it would be so cool and I was very confused in the Brad Dourif and of course I'm just like anytime Brad Dourif is there great um oh, like yeah. in anything ever mm-hmm. love him the yeah. greatest but like what I how I interpreted the scene when he changed when the face changes into Brad Dourif yeah I interpreted it as Oh, he's been Brad Dourif the whole time. Yeah. But this crazy Brad Dourif guy thinks he's like read about this case and he's like he's crazy and he's torturing Kinderman by like saying, I am you your friend, Karis. Like, but it's like, no, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so much stupider. And I'm like, this would have <laughs> been so good if there wasn't an exorcism, if it wasn't the devil and it was just kind of about like evil not requiring you know demon possession (laughs) to be carried you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and so as soon as it started getting act like as soon as i'm like oh fuck he's he literally they took this character who like died a hero like you love him in the exorcist and they like bring him back to like just kind of like fuck with him again like that's a bummer so it's actually shitting on the legacy of the exorcist and the movie was so good before there was all this like demon possession Mm -hmm. shit and would have been such a more scary story i think it's really cool that you could make a sequel to the exorcist that has no supernatural or like you know shit in it but is still using like the legacy of the first one to create the fear, like mm-hmm. the thing that is scary, you know, that it could be like, well, what if the scarier idea is that people are doing this shit and the devil's not in them, you know, like anyway. So it's shocking to me. Cause I know that the studio like made him add the priest at the end yeah. who like, who's just suddenly the main character and we're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And then, but I didn't know that they flat out were like, well, there, there wasn't an exorcism uh-uh. in the book. And then there has to, that was like, they, I really wish that they hadn't done that. It, it reminds me a lot of, um, the impossible task that was making Dr. Sleep, um, mm-hmm. where you are making a sequel to a movie, but it's based on a book 
that is completely different from the movie that came out and they and you kind of have to do both things at the same time so like william kinderman is in the exorcist and so is father dyer but as i recall and i think they're they're much bigger roles in the book than they are in the exorcist movie so this in a way this movie is like Mm -hmm. it's a it's mostly a sequel to the book Mm -hmm. and then but it also has to be a sequel to the movie um and so yeah i think there's just like you're just you're just in a position and i do believe that the original title of the movie was legion and then the studio was like wait right. no no fuck no you have to call yeah. it the exorcist 3 and that's so stupid i mean i understand brand recognition but it's like first of all legion is a way better name obviously that's an awesome name for a mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and two it's like Again, I think there's something so scary. I think it's so it would have been almost like genius if they had been like the first movie is about the devil, like literally possessing a little girl. Mm -hmm. And the second movie, there's no demons, but it's called Legion. And there's like multiple serial killers or something, you know, like I like that's. And and it's still borrowing like themes from the first one and evolving them so much. And it's like, yeah, the fir- the first hour I like, I really enjoyed, even though I was also like, this is a fucking weird movie. Yeah. Um, and then if, yeah, and and it just goes off the rails. If I may tweak your uh your imagined remake, uh, or I guess I don't know, or or edit it. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could still have it be demonic in some way. But it just doesn't have to be such a direct callback. Like you could right. still have it be like this killer is he's in the grip of some kind of a demon and he's maybe a bad person anyways. And he's really embracing that as opposed to like Reagan in the first movie, who's mm-hmm. a kid, like an innocent kid. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, you could kind of have like there's this weird synchronicity between maybe a handful of killers. And the only reason is, is because there's some demon that sort of got them all kind of in in some kind of a you know like and that, so he's like mm-hmm. trying to put it together but there's no non there's no there's no uh material way to like prove that these killings are linked but they must be right. by some sort of well, underneath like spiritual undercurrent or like so you know make it like an exorcist movie you know like a, a relig- uh, movie with mm-hmm. spirituality or something behind it but, but i then... would see that's what because i think it would be i think it would still i would keep i like all the religious stuff but i think i mean even in catholicism all the evil in the world is not like demons possessing people and like, you know, making them spin their heads around and barf. It's like there's evil, like the line between like what's the devil's work and what's not is not clear, you know? So like the, I, I like the idea of this guy being sort of haunted by like, if you, if you know that actual like demon possession and demons making people do horrible things is like a real thing because of your experience in the first movie, then, but then you just go on like continuing to investigate like horrific crimes, like how that would like mess with your head of Mm -hmm. like, do you, it's almost like, wouldn't you rather believe that like this guy who killed this little boy was like possessed by a demon and the more like horrific possibility is that he wasn't possibly like maybe, right. like he, i don't know like to me that would be like a good twist yeah yeah that like that you know kinderman is certain and maybe we as the audience are like oh shit it's happening again 
exorcist three baby um and then it's like nope he was just a fucking dick yeah um and then this i was also thinking like wow we're t- the number of because this probably came this came out like the same year as silence of the lambs right uh, uh, not, yeah 91 is silence of the lambs it's crazy how like there was something going on at that time of just like being in the cell like like somebody like yeah talking to the crazy guy was like such such a huge yeah thing and watching like brad duras performance in this i was just like i think this is what everyone else is doing like i feel like he invented (laughs) (laughs) this way of playing like the crazy murderer guy and then obviously went on to do it like a million more times um but I'm just like, I think this is like patient zero for like uh-huh. what we're still what actors are still doing today when they have to play this character. Yeah. So I thought about that because as mm-hmm. I was watching it, I was like, oh, this this must have come out after Silence of the Lambs, uh, the, the film. And so then I was like, well, it, it came out before. So I was surprised by that. And I was like, well, the book came out in 88. But then that the book, the Thomas Harris book, was a sequel to Red Dragon, and then Manhunter, I remember yeah, Manhunter. Man so is it Brian out. Cox? Yeah. I think Doing so. <laughs> I think I think that I honestly think a great triple would be, you know, mm-hmm. Manhunter, this, and Silence of the Lambs, yeah. because it's like they all you like you you know that they're all watching each other. Well, I, yeah. I mean, Cox came first, so I don't yeah. like he wasn't watching you know Dorif and Hopkins. But anyways, I thought about that last night when I was watching it. Um, but yes, but I also thought about. You're talking about there was just something in the zeitgeist in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s with serial killers. And a piece of trivia that I have, uh, we can talk about it later, or we can talk about it now, mm-hmm. really brings that into okay. reality. Um, but uh, do you, should, I, should I say it now? Or should yeah, I, yeah. Save, okay. I was going to save it till the end. So this is according to Wikipedia. And uh, this is about The Exorcist 3. Uh, the film became a focal point of the trial of serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Detectives testified that Dahmer claimed to identify with the Gemini killer and would play the film for some of his victims before killing them. Dahmer's oh final God. attempted vi- uh yeah yeah <laughs> this what like the I read this this fuck, morning and I was like man? this is so creepy. So it says Dahmer's final attempted victim Tracy Edwards testified that Dahmer would rock back and forth while chanting at various times and that he especially enjoyed a sequence with a possessed Karis uh Kara, I think yeah um Karis uh, Dahmer went so far as to purchase yellow contact lenses to more resemble more resemble Miller, as well as to emulate another film character he admired admired Emperor Palpatine from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but there was like I, re- wow. I was I was a kid, but I remember like serial killer stuff was everywhere. Yeah, like in the nineties and and in the eighties to some extent, but it was just like it was like I just thought that that was just like something that happened. Like you know, every city was going to have their serial killer. And I just kind of thought that I was like part of life or something as a kid. You never hear mm-hmm. about serial. I mean, you very rarely hear about serial killers anymore. Um, but anyhow, that's, that's I thought that that was interesting. That's so that's nuts, dude. It is crazy. Wow. So that blows my um, mind. Yeah. And I also kind of wondered, like, uh, you know, people used to always rail about how violence in movies begets begets violence in, in real life in the night. You don't hear it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You point to that, and it's like, <laughs> if well, if you want evidence for it, that's yeah. about as good as <laughs> that's it gets. Good, uh, so argument I, there. I do, I do want to add something for Kit. Um, that the so there, you know, we, I chose the theatrical version. Basically, I went into, um, you know, into some like message boards just to like 
Because mm-hmm. I because I actually I per, I saw this uh and when it came out on Blu-ray I bought it because it had a new version of the movie mm-hmm. that was preferred by Blatty and also um because it restored his original idea for the movie which had no exorcisms so um the director's cut doesn't have the exorcist stuff and uh. Brad Dourif says that uh, he he prefers the director's cut um, because the original ending didn't involve a bunch of, you know, the, the exorcism and all, a bunch of other elements. Um, he says there are parts that have no right to be there and called the film mediocre. Uh, so anyway, it, um, but the reason I didn't choose to watch that one is because it's like, it seems that like even though it does restore that vision, it's apparently like it. it I guess it's it's a lot more uneven. And the things that I read, I was like, ah, I'd rather watch a movie that I know, for the most part, audiences like they seem to like the people who like this movie or the people who would like this movie seem to like it. Um, and it seems like it's it's like oh, you should watch the director's cut after you've seen the theatrical cut. Anyway. Yeah. I'm glad you picked the theatrical. I'm very curious to see the director's cut. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you picked I always try to watch the theatrical first just because like that's what came out first. And mm-hmm. that's what Yeah. That's what most people would probably think of as the movie. But knowing the difference of the ending, like I am very curious to see like maybe they did kind of what Kit was talking about. Like um I'm also kind of cu- I re- I read the Exorcist book back in middle school and so I'm kind of curious to read um what was it dominion no no uh legion um mm-hmm. i didn't know there was a book sequel to it so but uh but yeah um anybody got notes or anything um i i want to talk about okay so when i first started watching this movie very beginning i was watching it with lee very beginning i tried like increasing the speed so like let's get through this faster oh yeah and then Lee was like, no, don't do that. He was like, I don't want to watch it like that. And I was like, okay. So I went back to normal speed. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times during the movie I was like, "Yes, is this on? Like, did I not go back to like normal speed? Yeah. Like, are it's... you? Uh... Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. But are, have you ever watched any Russ Meyer movies? No, I don't know. <laughs> Russ, uh, it's like like Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill, or Valley, uh, Beyond yes. the Valley of the Dolls. So yes. that's super choppy. I thought of that multiple times. I was like, what the fuck is up with this movie? Like, it is like, and I, I actually wondered, like, if the studio was like, you have to get it under this amount. And so he's just like, exactly. I'll just cut the last second off of everything. <laughs> it's sh- So, like, at first, because, like, the opening, the opening montage sequence, I'm like, this is cool. Like, f- w- first of all, I was like, I was thinking this came out in, like, 1980. And then I saw the kid's outfit. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And then Lee said, it's 90. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, But... So that opening sequence, I'm like, this is, you know, this is cool. It's like moody and Mm -hmm. like sort of nonsensical and like all of the shot compositions in this film, I thought were pretty much incredible. Yeah, Um, it's a good looking movie. So I'm, yeah, the lighting is gorgeous. All of the locations are um, incredible. Absolutely. So so in that scene, I'm like, oh, yeah, and this editing is like so like this. It's very unusual and fast but i like it and then as soon as we get to a dialogue scene i'm like what the fuck and you're <laughs> yeah. right. it is the, it is totally that like incompetent b-movie <laughs> thing of like well we 
<laughs> um, where they either have too much space after every line or not enough space after every line. Yeah. But then there's it's also happening in like two shots when like Oscar winner George C. Scott <laughs> is like talking to somebody and they're like there's nothing there's no natural pacing yes. to it yeah, yeah. at all which like lee was like well that means they were directed to do that see i yeah. think i think there was it was it was an attempt to this is how i see it in my brain it's like i'm going to write elevated like repartee that's like very yeah it's exactly. like it's like this is going to be exactly how some how two people who know each other super well like that's what they're trying to convey but in right. doing so, it sounds like two people who are talking to themselves yeah. just standing next it's to like each other. Gonna, it's like yeah. it's, it's exactly it's, it's like we're gonna reveal like like Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings thing that like they're not actually near each other at all at the table. <laughs> they're like some kind of forced perspective, forced perspective. is happening. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's insane. And there are times I think that was the most fascinating thing about this movie is that in certain ways it's like a Cadillac of it's like oh my god like the shots are beautiful the lighting's beautiful yeah. there are certain things certain sequences that it's like god damn that was so good <laughs> Brad Dourif's in it and he's like yeah he's incredible yeah there's certain and there's even certain scenes where the crazy ass pacing works like all of the montages it's fun yeah and then it's wild because you're experiencing that and maybe this is on purpose too <laughs> You're experiencing that like rapid fire like dialogue. And then there'll be a scene, there's two scenes that I that come to mind. There's the scene where Dyer has been killed and they're in the hospital room and the shot is just like at the ceiling, like watching them, and it's really slow. Like everything is super slow. And I really like how um the one the one cop like mentions the writing or the the note or something, mm -hmm. and like You've been looking at this shot composition the whole scene. And as soon as he said that, that was the first time I noticed like the plastic mm -hmm. over the wall that's hiding like the message yes. in blood. And I'm just like, that's great filmmaking to have me looking at this picture the for several minutes and still control when I see certain yeah. things yeah, in absolutely. the shot. It's absolutely. genius. Yeah. And then obviously the thing with the nurse or the oh, orderly is like the greatest God. thing. Oh, the, I was like the the, the jump scare. Yeah, yeah, that's well, one, one of the yes. greatest moments in horror history. I'm I. Uh, that is the reason for the season when people are like, "Yes, you should watch The Exorcist 3. Yeah. it's not me. the best movie ever, but um, it has <laughs> the best jump scare ever. The way insane. they build up to that, and then I watched it twice. I was like, I gotta rewind it because I. And the yeah. thing is, is I fucking knew it was coming because the first <laughs> yeah. time, the first time I saw the movie. It was seared into my brain because it scared the ever-loving shit out of me. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I was literally like, this makes me want to make like an hour and 45 minute movie that's just <laughs> like one shot. Yes. <laughs> like you could like, I, like it's so long, but, I, but we'll talk way more about that. But like the, the point is that there are points where the pacing of this movie slows to like, it follows level yeah. like <laughs> like wow this is uh, and watching scenes like that you're like oh my god this is like the next great director like it's yeah. incredible and then it's juxtaposed against 
like the fucking scene where and this is in the part of the movie where there's I think studio fuckery so like who knows but like the scene where he races home to like save his family from like Legion has possessed you know well no you don't know that yet so he goes so he's going home to like save his daughter and then that's the wife is just like I'm like is that somebody's real wife she's the she's awful and like the like just the acting is horrible the pacing is horrible it's just it's pure incompetence and it's just like, how can these things be in the same yeah. movie? Because because what because that's the thing. There's other horror movies, like for instance, like Sleepaway Camp. I think the ending of Sleepaway Camp is genius. I don't think necessarily that anyone making that movie knew <laughs> they kind of like stumbled upon it. Whereas this doesn't feel that way. This feels like, damn, this guy knew exactly what yeah. he was going for and he got it. And then the rest of the movie or a lot of other stuff in the movie is like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think my takeaway for this from this movie is that this is uh, an extremely good, possibly great, bad movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and, and it's not like, oh, it's so so bad that it's good. It's just like, like you're saying, there's just like, there's just like a bad movie pressed very, you know, firmly against a good movie, and then somehow <laughs> you get both. Like it's. I don't know what like I don't know how I would rate this like if you it's on a ten point scale or whatever because yeah because I'm like, like I want people to watch it yeah but well, I'm and, also and it's great but I'm also like but it's not good exactly so it's like how do you recommend that <laughs> like if I if I had seen this and I was like Andrew and Kit you guys you should watch this movie but like it's bad but like it's really good and like there's a scene in it that actually I thought there was two scenes so the hallway thing with the nurse was yeah. insane and actually when that happened i realized that's the first i ever heard about this movie like 20 years ago yes. i saw a list of top 100 horror moments uh or yeah yeah top 100 scariest moments in horror and there and i always remembered like because the the image and this was you know 20 years ago so the internet it was probably like a 300 by 300 you know very pixelated <laughs> image yeah and it was that it was the guy you know the robed figure coming with the, the chopper um and uh, I guess I just it didn't register that it was an exorcist. But yeah, so so when that happened, I was still surprised by it. But it was just like, like, what did I write? I wrote uh, the hallway scare is insane. And then I said set pieces like this in subpar old films are why I keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's just like, like, what is that? That scene has no uh, justification being in this movie. Like, it's, it's that should be in like a I don't know. It's just incredible. Uh, but then even before that, like when the nurse goes in to the guy, so she comes, you're watching, you're, you know, you know, something's coming. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, then she comes down the hill, but she, or the, the hallway, but she's closer and she goes in that guy's room because his ice was making noise. And then he like jumps up and starts yelling at her. And I jumped at that. I was like, oh, that's scary. That, yeah. And that's, then, you know, she goes back down. That's the jump scare. Right. Right. Well, no, well, no, I think at the end, because there's no, this, I'm like, saying that's that's what that's what you think it's over. That's what any right. movie, yeah, okay, yeah. any other movie ever is leading up to. If they're if they're leading right. up to a jump scare, it's that and then it's done. Right. And then. It, yeah. And then exactly. And it goes back to the quiet. And yeah, you're still the shot. The camera's still all the way down the hall. And so you're like, well, well, it's, what else is going to happen? Like yeah. something else is going to happen. Like, is a cat going to yeah. jump out at her? Or what? And it's, <laughs> it's literally like. It is the culmination of like what Hitchcock like I feel yeah. like if you had to point out like what's like one of the greatest examples of building tension that I've ever seen for sure. It's yeah. not in a like you know quote unquote classy like 
Munich style way of doing that. But in like the horror genre, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I and immediately... it's 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 also it's not just it's not just the guy with the ice too because it's like they set up the shot super well obviously because she's at the desk and there's an mm-hmm. open door and then down the hall a little further there's the door that she goes she's ultimately investigating so and the the, the open door just like has a light on right and so she walks past that like the audience so the we the audience just that's that's the thing you see first I think. And so I think we see that, we see her, we she kind of disregards it, so we disregard it. <coughs> then she comes to the, the door, and they build up to a patient who's just being noisy, and then he yells at her. Um, and so then that kind of diffuses, but then she walks back towards the original door, and you're like, oh, maybe that's what's gonna, that's where, it, where, where it's gonna play <laughs> out. And then she just, like, peeks in, pops out, shuts and locks the door walks away and then even further in the background it was a corner it was not the door and the door is like on the corner so it's like the door and then the corner the corner Mm -hmm. doesn't even exist to the audience because of the door with the light Mm -hmm. and like it's like a blue fucking light too so it's like it is it is attention grabbing and it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's grabbing your attention so close to the thing that where the actual thing is going to happen, that it's not cheap. Um, and well, and there's so many points of that because I also was yeah. like, oh, she's going to get grabbed from... I was like, oh, Absolutely. she's going to get grabbed from behind her desk. And then she has her little scare moment and I'm like, oh, it's happening. Yes. And that's not it. <laughs> and then I was like, I was so fucking relieved yeah. when like those cops came, like the first cop comes yes. in and I'm like, that, that's and awesome. I'm like, thank God. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm, I can rest easy. And then when, and then... The other guy comes in and I'm like, oh, I guess is this going to happen in front of like whatever's going to happen? Is it going to be in front? like you just everything you think <laughs> you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. It undermines it like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's insane. I was going to say that well, after Andrew described it, I was going to say you've missed what I think is a, a key part is the cops in the back coming yeah. and going. Yep. And yeah, every time they're right. gone, you think now it'll happen because there's nobody right. watching. And then it's like they and there's two of them and they kind of almost like dance like it's, right. it's very and like well the choreographed. One guy, when then. the one guy's like he's like sitting there right and they feel like he's yeah. reading or something. Yeah, and I'm like and then and, and the then he gets up right. I think like oh he I I think I said to Lee I was like is he's gonna when's he gonna leave because like I know he's gotta leave <laughs> and then like a second cop comes in and I'm like oh my god we got like two guys here now so it can't happen and then that guy like gets him and they both leave and I'm like yeah. No. <laughs> like, and I think, I think the thing that makes the entire thing work because there's definitely like a, you know, you have to ride that um, that line between creating tension and releasing it uh, in in horror, meaning comedy and horror movies and in, in anything, because uh, you can't you can't like exhaust the audience. Like I find that in a lot of horror movies. Um, in the last maybe like 10 to 15 minutes of a lot of horror movies, that's when they're not scary anymore. Like I'm no yeah. longer hiding my eyes because it's just everything's out in the open and that's okay. Um, you know, at that point you've if, if, if your movie's good, you've got me. but like I don't I don't have to be scared anymore because the thing is in full view. Um, but I feel like the this is such a like this works so well because it's, it's an innocuous, almost cinema verite wide shot 
the entire time, yeah. except for the insert where you think the jump scare has happened. Right. Um, so it's it's if 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 you think about how someone else might shoot this scene, you know they're spending fucking three weeks on this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and there's and there's fucking twenty inserts of her of her feet, you know, walking up to the door and yeah. and, and and slowing down as she gets up, and her quivering it's... hand reaches up for the door the door handle. None of that shit. It's and it's as, as innocuous as it possibly can be. And there's still it feels tension. Both like, it feels both like way ahead of its time, mm-hmm. but also kind of like a callback. Because like the composition was reminding me of some older movies I've seen where we were just kind of more comfortable with long takes, I think. And that you know, like sure. in earlier cinema, it even reminded me, it reminded me of like the hallway shot in invaders from Mars that I love. So like, I oh, yeah. really, really liked. Yeah. Um, but like, it's even the zoom when, when, when the real jump scare happens, the zoom and then the, like, I really don't like the word classy, but it's just like, you just part of what makes, I mean, I agree with Mike. This is, I mean, this is why I watch like movies that I'm pretty sure are crappy too, because it's like, it's so much more satisfying to get something this good in a movie that's not good than to get it in a movie that's good. Like, if I feel like, like, th- this would be a great scene in any movie. Like, anybody could be proud of it. But if I'm watching, like, if I see a scene like this in something like It Follows, like, I'm just, like, it, it's slightly less enjoyable, I think, because it's like, well, yeah, this is a g- good movie. Right. <laughs> like, of course, they this person knows how to make this happen. But, like, in this movie, it's like, this is a n- sequel to a fucking horror movie. Yeah. It's not, like, no one, it's not like this is, like, a well-remembered popular movie. A lot of times, like, no. it feels like a tv movie at times not visually but just like the nature of it Mm -hmm. that's what it it's like such a nothing thing and then it's like oh one of the most like masterful (laughs) like horror sequences (laughs) i've ever seen is in this it's crazy you know it's so good i think that there is a second scene that is it's not as good it's probably not even that close but like the scene you were talking about where he goes, he rushes home because he knows that his family's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the nurse who, or the uh, patient who is possessed is dressed as a nurse and she's sitting there at the table. And he's kind of like, oh, all right, guns, can everybody put your guns down. Like, it's just this lady, it's this catatonic lady. And, you know, it just scared me. And then she like grabs the little things and like lunges at his daughter. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the way that that was all cut together mm-hmm. was just like both like a good jump scare, but then also very chilling to me, I guess maybe because of the tool um or the whatever that that big cutter thing mm-hmm. that the reason for the autopsies um but yeah and i think i think there are little flashes of stuff like that in the movie yes. where it's like the jump cuts really work or the uh the very fast editing really works um just to, to scare and surprise you but yeah and and like you were saying like uh the first saw movie i really i saw it back when it came out and I thought it was a piece of shit. Like, I really, I still don't like that movie. But the ending really surprised me because the ending is kind of clever. It's great. In a movie that up until then, it was so stupid. And so it's like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a cool mm-hmm. ending. Like, you know, uh, you know, kudos for that. I still, I still don't think the movie is very good. But uh, anyways, yeah, like that getting a, a little, ending. 
nugget of uh, genius in an otherwise maybe struggling yeah, or that's something the best. movie. It's good. It's it's, the, that's, it's what we... that's better than a good movie in my <laughs> opinion. Sorry, here, yeah. I, sorry, Andrew. Um, but <laughs> I, we, you that's know, okay. that said, like, this is this is not like a shitty B movie. Like it feels no. that way at times. I think because of the crazy editing in the dialogue scenes, especially. But like, every, I enjoyed pretty much every montage. All the kind of I liked how it was not literal mm-hmm. at times. There's like dream sequences or things you're not sure are dream sequences. There's also I think references to films we've watched for this podcast before that whole heaven sequence to me was pure a matter of life and death like from the jump i'm like oh this is a matter of life and so weird right like yeah i love and i what was all with all the cameos (laughs) like fabio fabio's in it patrick ewing's in it uh samuel l jackson has a brief uh, larry plays the blind guy apparently larry king like what the fuck Well, he wasn't even in the dream. He was just in the the bar, right? Or was he in the dream? No, too? Larry King is. Oh no, no, you're right. He's he's just he's, he's just like a, right. a, a right. customer in the bar. Yeah. No, no. I'm. But I'm like, I'm, I loved that scene. I loved. Cool. I loved all of the like dream shit. All of the really weird like um, cat. You know, the Jesus statue with the eyes open. The funny. I like that he's like a bad detective kind of because they keep like zooming in on that Jesus. Like he walks by a Jesus with no head in the hospital that (laughs) he spends most of the movie in and doesn't notice. I felt the same way about the home. Like when he goes home and finds the patient there, Mike, cause I'm like, bruh, we're really just like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, never mind. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a like, like, wild wild shit but it's it is also shit like that that makes the movie more frustrating because i'm like god damn this would be (laughs) like i would like this more than the x if if there was no exorcism and the supernatural stuff remained more ambiguous and also if brad duraf if they i think the biggest crime of this movie is that they literally bring back Karis because or it's just mean to that character. Yeah. I think in a way like there's in this movie doesn't in any other way, I think like shit on the legacy of the first film, except for that, which is like, and I'm like very influenced by like my mom's opinion of the exorcist. And I remember like all of her opinions, but of movies, especially movies and music and stuff. But like, I know that like she loved his character. Like, mm-hmm. th- like Jason she Miller, really, yeah. you just, you just really like love him and feel for him um, and how hard he's trying like in that movie. And it's really sad that they would do this to that character. Like that yeah. is, uh, is a real shame. And, and is, the only p- the the piece of this movie like more than it, especially when you have like dude nobody you have you have Duraf like nobody can, like you're good like you don't need anything from the first movie you've got like the scariest actor who ever lived <laughs> like in this movie like it it's just they had so much that was good and still felt 
in very informed by like it's rare i think that a sequel that really doesn't have anything to do with the story of the first movie is still very informed by the events of that movie that's like really cool to me yeah i can't even and so i can't think of an example where a a sequel to a successful movie isn't absolutely chained to that movie yeah like mm-hmm. some and sometimes it works really really well and sometimes it's just a retread and sometimes it like takes a big shit on you know the legacy of right. the first movie but i i can't think of a movie where they've where they've ever Actually, been able to do that yeah and that is a really really cool idea is just to have it be rather than try to find the loose threads just have it be another story that takes place in the same world that mm-hmm. that one took place like a in. spin-off and it, would maybe do that but like more more of a spin-off yeah because it's just like like and like i actually really like the movie kids talking about like the the one she's pitching because yeah. it's, it's just like you just have it be like this guy has been so changed because yeah like because you know you if you live uh-huh. through the exorcist one like that's you're never going to see anything the same way and so yeah it's like he sees this and everything and he carries it with him and you could i think you could you could gesture towards like you know some kind of continuation of things here and there but yeah that's just a cool idea of like if friday the 13th part two rather well and I'll, i guess that, i don't know maybe a bad example but yeah like if if your average horror sequel didn't feel like they had to resurrect the killer like if it could just be like this is like this is the world we live in now like we live in a world where you know 10 babysitters got killed last night here in in illinois (laughs) or or whatever um so yeah anyways i think because like the you know part of what i like about the first exorcist is that it, it it does feel like it's really dealing with like the emotions and like the traumatic experience that's happening like the characters like are not only going through this scary thing, but we're also seeing them deal with the how it makes them feel to be doing this. Yep. Um, and this movie continues to do that because, like, the whole where we're at with Kinderman in like the beginning is just like he's still grieving and like traumatized and like like all these years later, still very fucked up by all the shit that he experienced and so it in a way it feels like it respects the source material the original like more than most movies because it's like he's still dealing with the emotional fallout Mm -hmm. of these of those events and like in that way they reinforce each other because it's like if this character like 10 year no like 20 years later 15 years later is still this fucked up by this then like wow the exorcist was very scary <laughs> yeah you know and then in this movie it, you know it makes this movie scarier too because it's like bringing in all of those you know emotions from the first one and like also that's just i don't know it's like it's closer in a way to representing like why things actually scare us because like when i'm watching like the nurse scene in this movie, I'm not frightened just because of everything that this movie laid out. I'm frightened because of all the things that I'm bringing to it of like why I would be scared in a situation like this or have been scared in situation like this, situations like this. So like relying on like, like making like an emotional sequel to like the first film, like 
almost i mean protects you like you're saying from like oh well we like dispatched freddy in a really cool way in the first one but obviously he's got to come back or like all the shit you know with michael myers and stuff like that like um it would be but even this one doesn't get to be that like i really liked the part for instance i liked the thing that i liked about the exorcist was when uh george c scott when kinderman is like he's saying the speech basically like you know the priest who ends up getting fucked up is talking about justice and all this stuff and then kinderman when he's sort of like talking to the to the demon he's listing all these horrible things like he, that he believes in but i but to me i don't know how i'm supposed to read that if i'm supposed to read that as like the devil's winning or something with him but i just read it as like the thing that he's using, like, he's like, you have no power over me because I've already seen yeah, it all. Because I've yeah. been, cause I've been through like, like his experiences, like his human experience is like the thing that he's everything. Like, shit. Now what? Yeah. Like, yeah. bitch, now you, you fucked up. Cause now you can't, now yeah. you can't hurt me. <laughs> like, like that. It was like very, uh, powerful i agree yeah to me and it's just then it's like all those weird like lightning strikes for 10 minutes and <laughs> i'm just like what the fuck's happening yeah that actually i thought that was cool too because i haven't seen that's like something i've talked i think i've talked about that with both of you and then I, maybe with lee as well but like part of what like like uh like with religion and like with faith and stuff like that it's like kind of the idea is that god can't prove his own existence to the world because then there would be no faith it would just be like well here's i mean he came and he gave that speech on you know last week and so it's like well he does exist mm -hmm. um anyhow so it's like seeing kind of like the evil and the reality of like the demonic behavior of people or, or that kind of stuff is sort of like what bolsters and i mean that's what like for good for better or for worse that's what community religious communities sometimes rally around yeah you know like i was just listening to the thing about like something about the uh, the Salem witch trials, but you mm -hmm. know, and, and, uh, like the reality of evil is sometimes what gives people faith in something good or mm -hmm. in God or something like that. And I feel like that's where he was going, but then, yeah, you're right. That like, uh, it's not really undermined. It's just, it's a very interesting point or it's, it's to me, it was a very interesting thing to see in a film, something, something I don't feel I see a lot. And then it's... all of a sudden it is basically a horror <laughs> movie. Like, you know, kind of what you're expecting, like, ah, oh, this is what you came for. Yeah. You know, slam him against the wall, tear his skin out, or whatever. But you know, the, so. the, the, like, child corpse dresses a minstrel coming up through the ground. Right, was all that like, stuff. That's pretty hard. Like, that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know, again, if it fits in the version of the... But I'm like, that... Because uh, this is the thing. Like, the Exorcist does such a good job at at making shit that could just sound really corny be actually disturbing like all the shit that like regan has to like say and do right is like it, it is disturbing like be i think because of like the performance and the voice but like that's a lot of it is like that's corny st stupid shit and there was a moment in this movie where like they're like talking to the demon and i'm just like why the fuck would the devil care like it didn't work i'm like the devil wouldn't care about you saying this stuff and like like where i could feel them struggling to try to recreate that feeling in this movie and it wasn't yeah working and then but i will say that like the crime that they describe 
initially of like what happened to this boy. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I feel like, is that, I mean, there's a question to be had of like, <laughs> almost like, is it ethical to do? Cause I know they're sitting there thinking, okay, we got to make it racist. We got to <laughs> right. make it like. <laughs> I did kind of <laughs> chuckle a little. Cause it was like, it's like, you know, it's like it's the so child was the mutilated top. and yeah. well, and it was racist. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's right. problematic. <laughs> but like, it, to me, it, like it worked because when they ended up showing w- the results of what they were describing, and all the people walking around in heaven with like the sc- like the stitches around their yeah. necks and stuff, I'm like, that is like a good without being gory. It's like st- it's a disturbing image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's I also really no really violence liked, until the right. end. Yeah, I also really liked the line where the little he meets the little boy in heaven and he says oh it's good to see you i missed you and yeah. i'm just like that's like so i feel like again that's what's good about the exorcist and the exorcist as a series is that it like lets all these especially like i'll just i guess i'll just say sorry but like these like men in very like authoritative positions get to like be <laughs> like very vulnerable and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah in pain and hurt and stuff. And it's like, I feel like that is something that's like, it's scary. Like it adds to the fear. It's like, Oh shit. This like, this, like, I mean, it's, it's Lee J Cobb in the, in the, in the original and like, you know, George C. Scott, I'm like, it's Patton. And he's like, he's (laughs) upset about this, you know? Um, So it, it, it makes it like, it makes it scarier, but it is also, I think what is like, keeps it in your mind like for like why that like you're just it, it's they're very emotionally resonant mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. i could definitely see why paul schrader wanted to do one and like i am curious about uh, what yeah. his is like because it seems like he would make a great exorcist yeah, yeah. and possibly has already i don't know um i do i do want to say that like you know this is i think five years or maybe less before George C. Scott died. And there is like a, he died um, in 99. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wow. So I didn't know he lived. I didn't know he lived that long. Uh, I thought it was 95. Anyway. Um, I think, uh, I think there is like a, not necessarily a trend, but like a thing that I've seen before where an older actor who isn't, doesn't have quite the same draw. They once had, goes and does a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, like, Kevin Bacon did a horror movie a couple years ago, and that kind of felt Joan like... Joan Crawford did it. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, so uh, Robert De Niro did it uh, with Hide and Seek in, like, 2011 or 12. Um, so anyway, I I think this could have been, like, a... He, I don't think he had to show up to work, but I feel like George C. Scott is really good in this movie. Especially yeah. especially in the scenes where there's something a little bit more solid on the page for him to work with. Um I, I, I don't blame anybody for not being, you know, like struggling through those those early scenes. Uh I feel like he's he showed up to work. I yeah. I think I think it is I think there is enough just from what you've described you want this movie to be, to me there's like there's enough interesting stuff here that I get why George C. Scott signed on to make this movie. Um, yeah. Not as an aging actor past his prime, but as a thespian who was interested in a character. And 
I get at why. first I was like, why I was like, he's it- literally because he looks like Lee J. Cobb. And I'm like, I can't believe Oscar winner, like iconic actor George C. Scott is in this movie just because yeah. he looks like a, the less famous actor who was in the first one. But then there are like tons of moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a really good actor. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I think early early on, I literally had uh, the question in my brain was like, is this elder abuse somehow? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think I think I think he if there is a single piece of like real solid connective tissue that kind of brings it all together to me, it's his performance. Um, but like I, I get why William Friedkin would have come back to do this movie. And um, I get why John Carpenter would uh, would especially in 1990. It's not like he was doing super great at that time but he had done bona fide classics um and and then ultimately like it, it just feels like there is there's something it makes me want to read the book to be honest because yeah I, I feel like that's probably where 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 the the real good stuff is um but yeah i i don't think i've just for the record like i don't i don't find i don't think this is a great movie or a horror classic i think this is a movie for horror fans who have kind of gone through everything and haven't in just like this one, you know, they missed because of the exorcist too. So I feel like it's, 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 it's an oddity. Um, but I definitely think there's, and I'm glad we've had something to talk about too. Cause I was going into this episode. I was like, well, I have a few things to say, but like, what if, what if nobody has anything to say? <laughs> um, but I'm glad that this, this seems like it was not a waste of time for either of you. I no, would I really enjoyed it. definitely watch this again great like i would be like i would go to like you know steve and be like hey let's get your roommates together and let's yeah. watch this movie yeah just i mean and and it's not just for that one scene although that is plenty like reason for the season for sure but like like everyone should see this because of that scene but like i would i could even see just me by myself watching this just because the there's visuals in it that are really cool and like i said like oh, the church at the beginning yeah Mm -hmm. just like fucking the angle it's 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 like literally the angle and like the color like they put like a slightly warmer light inside but like i could totally see looking at that church i'm like if you're standing over there nothing if you put the camera Mm -hmm. on a wide angle lens right fucking here that's the devil's there's, face looking at you. There's <laughs> several there's actually several rooms like that where yeah. they're like these would be these are great locations they scouted but you need to shoot them in a certain way to like show how cool they can be and like it's cool because I mean that's a big part of why the exorcist is really good is that it, it's you know a very beautiful movie and I think it's impressive that this like you know the exorcist 3 is also like a very beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, I truly, I was like there. The sh- every every shot in this movie, pretty much, I was like, "Damn, that's really cool." Um, and the lighting and every it looks great. And so that's probably the number one reason I would put it on again is just like it's pretty to look at. Honestly, like shockingly pretty. I think for like what it for the fact that it's called Exorcist Three. You know. Yeah. And, um. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say is that was two of the well one of the things i had in my notes um was that as this kind of started up 
I was thinking like there's not a lot of movies that take place in DC or I guess Georgetown or whatever. Me, yeah, um, same. And but it really do, I, don't you guys feel like it had a very distinctive look, absolutely, one hundred percent, absolutely, film of the '90s. And like yes. I just I don't I don't know if that exists anymore or we just don't see movies from DC. I, I'm sure there's TV shows that are like you know. I think that's what like I mean that's one of my favorite things that like horror movies can do or tend to do is to like take a city that I've like never thought of as like particularly scary and then like make it scary. And like, obviously the exorcist does that. And this movie does it really well too, where I'm like, damn DC is like beautiful. And then also very like spooky. And there's like a, there's a YouTuber that I follow who lives in, in, in DC and she, she vlogs and I'm just like, Oh wow, this is like a really pretty place. Yeah. But it's, it was cool to see it just so, it's very like very unsettling feeling, and and also just the fact that like every single person. I mean, I don't think DC is like this, but like the every person is like talking about Catholic shit like one hundred percent of the <laughs> I time. I assume DC is not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think anyway. too, it's like it's it's in because I I kind of th- thought the same thing watching the movie is it's like. It's it's the capital. There's something like there's something that feels there must be something yeah fortified or or some something you know where which obviously I think DC has like really high crime rates or at least did for a really long time. Uh, so yeah. that's you know not the case in reality. But I still think like in your brain there's something where it's like no I don't think people are gonna get decapitated by a demon and you know attached to a, a crucifix made of boat oars. Well, yeah. and also I think because. The architecture is so iconic in certain ways, and none of that shit is in this. Like, That's a good point. Right. Like, it's kind of weird that, like, well, this is in D.C. I can picture, like, 50 buildings in D.C., but and none of them are in this movie. <laughs> I feel like there's a very good video essay to be made by a, by a better mind than mine of, like, The Exorcist movies, Washington, D.C., and then Rome and the Vatican, like there must be some mm-hmm. kind of like parallel because you like you said, yeah. uh, I can't remember the word you just used, Andrew, but the like being the capital that this is like fortified, fortified. Yeah, yeah. And so that and it's like you I, when you see the buildings of, you know, it, uh, Rome, it kind of like mm-hmm. and I, I guess they were styled that way to some extent in right. D.C. Um, so, yeah, it's like there I feel like there would be a really cool like remember those videos about like how uh, like Eyes Wide Shut has these like deeper like occult meanings or something Mm -hmm. i feel like doing like stacking like dc on top of rome and then with the exorcist movies i bet there's like a really uh cool conspiracy theory to weave out of that or something oh yeah for sure but uh but yeah can i tell you guys we should cut this from the episode but i was making invitations to my eyes wide shut party yeah and i was i asked lee a question like because i was trying to decide how immersive to be with it and I was like, should I put like, you know, the Ziegler's or should I put like Dr. and Mrs. like Victor Ziegler or something on it? And I asked Lee and he was like, well, that guy would want to be Dr. and Mrs. Victor Ziegler. And I was just like, I'm thinking the exact same thing. And I'm just like, that shows what a good movie (laughs) that is that we can be talking about something like such a small detail and have like feel like we have a film justified (laughs) like reason to it just made me like god damn eyes wide shut is a good 
was a great film. It's such a good movie that <laughs> it's like so endlessly mineable for yeah. that kind of stuff. I yeah. like that t- that guy's barely in the fucking movie, and I feel <laughs> like I know a lot about him. I, I think I th- I think I've been thinking about Eyes Wide Shut not just because we talk about it still all the time, but like even beyond that, I think I've been thinking about it for twenty years. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like it, it, it like never really fully leaves my brain. Yeah, we were talking about Ice White Shut last night because we watched <laughs> Hocus Pocus and realized that the girl who plays Allison is the lady yeah. who plays Domino in Van- Vanessa and, Shaw. Yeah. Oh yeah, fucking blew my mind. Yeah, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It is. It and it's uh yeah. I think. Well, yeah, this, we're talking too much about Ice White Shut, I suppose. But yeah, I think because of the weird way that it like it's in that place where like the elites exist that we don't exist. And then we're always now talking about like what they're up to and all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's what I think of eyes wide shut. Most oh often. yeah. Plus we and also, we it, talk about Tom Cruise every day. So well, that too, that. Mm-hmm. but also yeah. just like the, I think especially now, I think obviously I, I think eyes wide shut is like based on what you just said, like v- even more relevant than it's ever been in my life. And it's like, if, if I was ever going to latch on to a, Stanley Kubrick uh, conspiracy theory. It's like, oh yeah, he knew what was going on, and this yeah. is him. T- is it, this is him trying to tell us? Yeah. See, that's my problem with like I like looking up like Mike. I want to look up like a video of like, oh, what's all the like s- symbols that are in? But like, I don't want to watch a crazy person's. Video. <laughs> like, I want to watch like a cinephile's video about that. I don't want to watch a guy who like literally thinks like believes so, in the Illuminati or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know. What I'll tell you on that note is, uh, <laughs> like, there's. I think it takes a crazy person to make some connections. I, I, I think that like there's just a real fine line between, like, uh, the mind that that makes those connections and can process them rationally, and then the mind that makes those connections and then spins them off into this. And I've actually I thought about this a lot this week because of Kanye, um, like making the news with you know all that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, you know. We can't expect uh, the great minds that can make these connections. We can't expect them necessarily to make sense to us all the time. Um, <laughs> so, so my point being, sometimes when you watch an Eyes Wide Shut video that's full of batshit crazy stuff, uh, you either have to just kind of take their word for it or or just be like, okay, well, that's that's where they're that's where they're at. And I'm glad yeah. that I can take mm-hmm. this from them and I can do, you know, have you as a supposedly sane person, this is what I can do with it. Although s- I make less of a claim to that than probably you and Andrew do. Have you insane, have you seen um, the what is it Room Two Three Seven or whatever the the Shining mm, yeah. conspiracy? Do- so like probably almost everything in that movie, it's just like okay, well that's a real reach or whatever. But there's like to your point, like there's like ten percent of the stuff they say in that movie where I'm like, oh, well maybe. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so no, it's, it's, I think you're, I think you're right, and it's also yeah. par- partly, you know, a broken clock is, you know, right twice a day, but uh, <laughs> sure, but it that. also takes somebody staring at a broken clock for, you know, ten years straight to, <laughs> to pull out, you know, all the little, the little threads that we didn't see. Um, right. There really is, though. I think just like fundamentally, like, like, I, I feel like I read something about this in terms of like brain chemistry or something at some point that it's like something about serotonin and schizophrenics or something like that that it it is like they are making connections and then Mm -hmm. sometimes they make rational connections sometimes they make connections that are only rational to them because they're in this kind of either a manic or whatever that would be kind of this uh elevated or uh 
agitated state. I can't remember exactly, but but yeah, like that's that's you know, I guess it comes. Well, with it's the, the same, right? It's like I mean, to me, it's like it's you know, someone who's not insane can make like ingenious connections, mm-hmm. but it's like if you're thinking in a way that is sort of counterintuitive to the rest of the population like there's certain your thinking is original in some way or unusual in some way like that doesn't mean that everything you say is nonsensical in some cases it's going to be like more creative than anyone else would be able to do yeah but then it's going to be a lot harder (laughs) for that to come through and in some ways will lead people to dismiss it like by virtue of the fact that it comes from you but like there's right. a lot you know i think about this a lot like you know i think it's true on more mundane levels too like when you know people ask lee like what's or like when i ask lee what's this song about and he's like well i wrote the song so that i wouldn't have to like right. put it into another form yeah like there's ways other than like you know words and kind of like the most like straightforward like things we accept as rational expression to like make points and and that's part of what bugs me about the eyes wide shut discourse i think is that it's like there's the movie like you like there's the movie he made like even because like i you know People who like I was reading in the process of like researching and I was like confirming like the wife's name and everything. So I'm like on Reddit and I'm just looking at the way people talk about the movie. And I'm like, it's so frustrating to me that it's like, guys, there's a much more like that to go that deep. You miss like the surface like a base level point of what he's doing because right. you're focused on like the symbol that's on the fucking chair in the background and it's like <laughs> that's not a secret guys <laughs> like, exactly he's kind of talking about that exactly. exact thing yeah. <laughs> but that'll that's that's uh, uh, you know but at the same time that's the the greatest indication that you know you have something worthwhile is that people can't let yeah. it go uh-huh. you know yeah mm-hmm. so Okay, I've got I've got to get going probably in about ten minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But a couple other notes. I took a note on the the dialogue about the carp in the bathtub uh, that they were. Oh yeah, mother in law. I thought that was very very weird. I thought it was. But it super reminded weird. me like when you also read, we like, never Stephen did King, we ever see the carp. I don't no. believe so. No, I don't maybe think that's so the director's cut. <laughs> that's that's one thing where it's like I feel like I need proof of this carp. Like you're yeah. describing crimes. You're describing crime scenes. The movie is is going out of its way to skirt around any real violence. But as soon as he got to that fucking carp, I was like, yeah, but is there really a carp in your bathtub? I think, I think yeah. that's a writer directing a film is what that is. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was strange. Uh, it, I was going to say though, it dialogue like that, it kind of pops up throughout the movie. And it reminds me like kids saying a writer directing a film, like, 80s and 90s thrillers so like Stephen King, Thomas Harris, Dean Koontz. Yeah, um, you would read the them as a kid. What movie you had us watch? The like um the is it it's not Contact. It ha, it has oh, like communion. one where Willie communion Straver. was like that yeah. where there's like these like weird non sequiturs that are just like <laughs> I don't know, proving <laughs> how cool the dialogue is or something. Yeah. Well, and, and they, they're just yeah, like 
yeah, I don't know what it is, but they always had like stuff like that that I guess was mm-hmm. maybe supposed to kind of not, uh, you know, so that it's not just all punishing violence or something. Um, anyhow, so uh, one another thing I noted was that they appear to have built a replica sliding confession door at the police station when they're demonstrating, like, well, the killer yeah. reached in and pulled a clip. I was like, did they build a replica? Like, did they, they have do somebody? do that stuff, but. Yeah, but why for that? Like, couldn't you just be like, you know, the door. Yeah, I feel like that oh. whole demonstration is like bruh we get it right that's how you shut a door if (laughs) there's a handle on the other side you like reach around and like it's so that was so weird it was very strange um uh we already talked about like silence of the lambs manhunter uh seven i also thought of seven a lot uh yeah fincher film yeah uh, yeah definitely absolutely Uh, you know what Um, i thought of i thought of fallen with denzel washington you know i've never seen that i'd like to see that you should watch fallen Okay, cool. I bet I can get Sarah to watch it with me because it's got yeah. Denzel. So. It's very, very. It's a. It's the most '90s movie ever made, and that's, ooh, excellent. Yeah, you should watch it. All right, sign me up. Um, and then uh, Scott Wilson is the actor who plays Doctor Temple, uh, who also is in the Ninth Configuration. So I immediately, when I saw him, which is Blatty's previous directorial effort, uh, so immediately when I saw him, I was like, oh, something's up. However. George C. Scott goes into that doctor's office, which has a naked woman and all sorts of like Zodiac yeah. symbolism all over the walls. Oh, yeah. And he just goes in and has a conversation with him. It's that's like, the other thing I thought is <laughs> I'm like, the fuck? that's the that's the other thing I was like, oh, I said as soon as that guy showed up, Dale from The Walking Dead, is that was that his name? Yeah. I was like, that's the bad guy. Right. I like that yeah. should definitely be the bad guy. Like that would be crazy if it was like if it was like. Brad Dourif is this like in just insane guy who's fucking with uh, Kinderman, but it's like a total red herring. Right. Or yeah. it's because the doctor is fucking with him. Right. And right. like he's helping cover his tracks with this shit. But I'm like, dude, that guy's a fucking serial. Like I don't care. That guy's a serial killer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think that he's he not was in some other movie. I think he was possessed by the demon because i think was he was he where they were getting the drugs to put titty posters on his office I don't wall <laughs> i don't know I, i'm not really sure how i would reconcile all of it because by the end of the film you kind of forget about that guy yeah but, but yeah it was i was like this is very weird he just like like if i wandered into a doctor's office and he had even just like the symbols i would be like well that's odd but then to have like a like a huge poster of a naked lady spread eagle i'd be like mm, you know and it's not like a medical chart or like a medical uh you know this is her uh, small intestine or whatever. Anyhow, uh, what else we got? That's about it. That's what I got. I also wanted to say, though, Brad Dourif was excellent in this movie. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, so, okay. Uh, you guys, more any more notes or um, anything like that? Let me look here. I don't think so. Uh, oh, I really like when he goes to see Dyer's body and the POV tracking shot i mean we kind of talked about the scene with the painting you know that they kind of reveal later but um yeah i just i i just the 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 mostly it's a performance thing but just i like the that it's the pov from the dead body specifically yeah and then just the the struggle of having to a confirm your literal worst fear and then uh or two of your worst fears really and then also it being the you know the body of your best friend and your possible only link to you know working through your grief uh is now yeah. just you know sp- 
mutilated in front of you. So I just, I thought that was a really good moment. And then I like that the, I just, I thought it was a really good tracking shot. And then, yeah, my last, my last two notes are hard to follow and Brad Dourif is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think, you know, I think for a guy who has to be there, um, I think, I, I think, I don't think Jason Miller's bad in this movie. I think he's good. Yeah, I, no, I think, he's... I think, I think there's a way, I think if you have to have that in there, I think your first instinct kid about just like, oh, you thinking that it was actually swapped, that it was like, oh, it's Brad mm-hmm. Dourif and then it's Jason, and then it's, it's Jason Miller who's being kind of like swapped in. I think that does work better. Uh, but I, I like him and I, I, I think that, you know, specifically the moment where uh, he's lucid and he's like, okay, Bill, you got to kill me now. Um, like, I think that's a good, that's a good moment. Um, however brief. Um, and I think that the over, like, I think my, the last thing I would say is like, I, as much as I uh, agree with the exorcist stuff and being kind of out of place and shoehorned and, and sort of like, okay, now we're just in a regular movie that, you know, a regular horror movie. That's just trying to imitate something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it like I don't I it there is something like you know kind of like cozy and fun to watch it's like all the spectacle take place in a you know 10 by 10 room uh and that it and it doesn't feel totally like to me it does not feel like so drawn out and uh and and so you know like uncreative uh there's there's there to me it, it's for a thing that shouldn't be there, it kind of sustains itself. Um, I like that. The, I like that the exorcist guy shows up, does you know his exorcist thing, and then is just like immediately dispatched. Um, yeah. I like that he. I'm gl- thank thank God he isn't the hero of the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean obviously it's just one more uh, bit of kudos for George C. Scott that uh, you know the the all the things that shouldn't be in this movie and all the things that should, uh, he is the thing. He's definitely one of the things that should be. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I think it's, I think it's very cool for what I, what I assume, you know, audiences sort of like feelings towards this movie, especially after the, the, the second exorcist movie, I feel like, um, and I don't know how big of a hit this was, but I just, I just feel like, like okay. But I just feel like there would not be a lot of expectation from this. And even like as an actor, like like thinking about it from as a as a job and and this being a you know a, a business decision, like I would probably not do this movie because of yeah. because of because of what I think people would think about it. I mean, if I'm if I'm however old George C. Scott is at this point, like way too old to play a cop, I think. Uh, and out of sh- you know like he just doesn't look he doesn't he doesn't look like a he's, he doesn't look like a movie star at this point not that George C Scott ever looked like a movie star but I'm just saying he did like, he was hot okay in my I opinion. mean he's got a I mean quite a physique in this film talking in Doctor Strange Love I yeah. think he's pretty cute okay fair enough but like just all that to say like he I I could see there being like expectations really just bad expect like this movie's not gonna make any money I'm yeah. I'm at the twilight of my career. And like doing a movie that no one's gonna see, that is a sequel to what is considered one of the worst movies ever, one of the worst sequels ever made. It's like I don't know if I want to do that. So 
I think it's cool that he saw the character, and I think it's cool that he was able to shine through whatever bad stuff is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah, true star. Yep. All right. Excellent. And uh, Kit, did you have you were you're all good? Yeah. It's okay. a cool movie. Everyone should watch it. Cool movies. All right. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks. But Mike, well, two things. One, we didn't do the cruise minute. Mm, you want to do a cruise minute? You ask that every single time. Like I'm going to say no one well, day. For Shocktober. Well, just real quick. All right, let's do a cruise minute. Okay, two things. <laughs> two things. One, I read uh, a comment on Reddit, which might be totally fake, but it was about uh, Lestat. It was about Tom Cruise in, in interview mm-hmm. interview with the vampire. And he said, I was a PA on something with uh, Ewan McGregor. I was going to screenshot it and send it to you, but I forgot. Um, and Ian McGregor told this story. Ian. Ewan McGregor told this story about how on Interview with the Vampire, Tom Cruise had trouble walking around in lifts and had trouble with his action and would get like frustrated. And then also Brad Pitt was a huge asshole, which makes mm-hmm. me believe this is what makes me believe that this story is true. And just like was relentless and made fun of Tom Cruise the whole time for being short. Uh, and that's why they've never, and it, apparently it was like really upsetting for Tom Cruise and, uh, oh. and that's why they've never made another movie together. And I wonder if that's why he decided not to do once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. Ooh. And it's like, there's enough oh. in there where I'm just like egos and, you know, especially all the stuff about Brad Pitt, like resurfacing in the news in the last couple of weeks. Um, was he oh, going to yeah. be. Was he going to be Leo's character? Who was he going to be? He was going to be the stunt guy. He was going to be Leo, I think. He was going to be Leo, which, like, I think, I mean, Leo is, like, in my opinion, the be- the very best part of that movie. For sure. Yeah. But Tom Cruise would have been fucking hilarious also. Yeah. I could been totally, very oh, absolutely. I can totally see it. I can it. see it. Yeah, I absolutely see it. Um, yeah. Um, and, then the, and then my second thing is... Uh, I just I'm just going through this like listicle of like all of his paydays and it's really interesting I think because like it's kind of all over the place but you can like you can see the sort of dips in his career where it's Mm -hmm. like he's getting 20 20 20 20 on everything and then it's like night and day 12 and then also Mm. and here's something interesting he made 70 million on the first Mission Impossible. Yeah, wow. I mean, seventy million. Yes, because he's a producer. He produced. Them. Oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah, so, it so he, had like, a, he, okay. he had a he had a huge stake in it. But I'm just saying, like, wow, he's getting twenty, 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 seventy, twenty, twenty. You know, and then and then and then his career dips for a couple of years, and he's making less and less and less, and then all of a sudden, back up. As soon as these Mission Impossible movies, he's making he's making minimum seventy million every single time, and with wow, and then like and then like a hundred. He makes like he starts making a hundred, and then and then Top Gun Maverick. It's just like they don't even know. It's like we think a yeah. hundred to two hundred million. <laughs> anyway, it's very interesting. He's Skydance. Yes. No. Well. No. He's t- Tom Cruise. He works with. He's yes worked with them. Yeah. Right? Bad, yeah. bad Bad Robot and Skydance were producing the 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 Mission Impossible movies. And Skydance produced Maverick. Also. Y- y- yes. I know Brooke and, and Brookheimer. I just saw that they are like hugely expanding. Skydances? Oh. Like they just got into a new like investment level and they have I'm all not, these. I'm new, not surprised. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. surprised at all. Yeah. Got that top gun money. Uh-huh. Oh, and the other thing is, uh, this is the other thing, because I always, you know, at the end of these episodes when we're about to do the cruise minute, I always just type Tom Cruise into Google and hit 
the news button. And mm-hmm. it's just very fun because, like, all of the links are about Brendan Fraser this week, basically. Because he's just because someone interviewed him and he's like, I would love to do a fourth Mummy movie. And the reason Tom Cruise was bad is because it was no fun. It's like, you know what? You're mm-hmm. right. And we also would love to see a fourth Mummy movie. Maybe they could team up. <laughs> that would rule. <laughs> Tom Cruise is the bad guy and the is the bad mummy in the yeah, new. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Brandon Fraser mummy. I love it. Okay, well, join us next week for. But wait, Mike, what are we gonna watch next week? It's a good question. Yeah, I've got <laughs> options. Um, so initially I thought Carnival of Souls, which mm. is an old, it's a B movie. It was actually made partially locally here in Kansas. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite yeah. movies. But it is slower, and it's like a movie that might not hit, kind of like, like this one did. And, okay. And Yotsuo as well. So another option would be Ernest Scared Stupid, which is the movie mm-hmm. that has scared me more than any other movie in my lifetime, because I saw mm-hmm. it when I was a kid, and yeah. it terrified me. I thought it might be fun, because it's got a very good Halloween atmosphere, like 90s atmosphere. We, sh- we, we share that, so. too. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I think For like, like a month. Nightmares. I think like at least 60% of children our age... <laughs> People destroyed, are destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. It's like okay. it's like Ernest scared stupid, the Cronenberg fly, yeah, and um, uh, Christine, and maybe okay. Paul Schrader's Cat People. Like all of these movies, and like equally destroyed my childhood. Okay, <laughs> so actually, Cat People was on my my short list because. Like I would love it's to on watch Criterion that. Channel this month. I've I, never I, seen the Schrader one. I've seen the old one. I haven't seen the Schrader one. Okay. So, um, but then I also thought Eraserhead. Never no. seen it. It's not really. No. Okay. No from Kit. Uh, <laughs> and then I guess that's pretty much what I got. I also thought maybe Suspiria, although I've seen that several times mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. So Suspiria is um, great. We could always. You, you wouldn't save even. It. You wouldn't even watch the original Suspiria, Kit. I don't. I would. I'm. I'm interested in Carnival of Souls, and then. To, to a slightly lesser degree, Ernest scared stupid, but like I've never okay. seen it, so like, and it's such a like culturally <laughs> I would prominent go, movie, yeah. weirdly yeah. that I'm like curious, like what's so fucking scary about this shit? I would say, okay. I would say, I would, I, I'm those two are the ones I would pick too. I would probably lean a little bit more towards Ernest scared stupid, but also I am interested <sighs> in watching Carnivals of 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 Souls, and okay. um, so we're split right down the middle. We're split down the middle. I know. Uh, but either is fine. So if you just want a lean kit, that's okay. fine. Um, but also, uh, I do think you should watch Suspiria because it's really pretty. At some yeah. point, the kid should definitely see Suspiria. Yeah, it's, but it's, let's and, do and not and not. I don't think upsetting in a in a horror movie way. Like I don't think it's no. Yeah. It's very. It's yeah. With with the way um, that you are with movies now, you could definitely do mm-hmm. Suspiria. Um, okay, let's do Carnival of Souls. Okay. Okay. Is that cool? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then join us next week for that. Uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded in. Uh, I did. I forgot to put this into. I didn't. I didn't do my work on my script. Uh, we recorded <laughs> in our basements and bedrooms and such. Uh, <laughs> special thanks to our producer Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you would like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. Hooray for- <laughs>